Nice. That was not a bad one, huh? Nice. Doug Platt, th- thanks for joining me in the old Lookout Podcast, my friend. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, I've been talking about this for a little bit, and uh, I kind of want to just intro you a little bit on, like, I mean, I, I like to think everybody I've had on here is interesting, at least to me, but uh, for sure, like, when I first met you, and there's been a bird, so backstory, I guess, is there was this bird that I had seen a long time ago up Highway 12, you know, like in that corridor going over the Lolo Pass. And, um, man, I think it was just, like, west of the Hot Springs, almost in Idaho. And I was in, like, a lowland by this campground. And uh, I think it was even, like, a weed survey. I can't remember why I was, doing, why I was up there, maybe patrolling for fire. But I was by myself. And um, I was just, like, checking out this cool bridge up Lolo. I should remember the creek that was running underneath it. But just, you know, beautiful. And it was early in the morning, just drinking some coffee. And this little beautiful yellow, is it yellow with a red head? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it shows up. I'd never seen one before. I was like, I wonder what that is. And I had never, and I'd seen uh, like a little bit of them ever since, but I had no idea what it was. First day I'm out with you, one of the first days we've ever even talked, and we're doing a tour of the forest, the Bitterroot National Forest, and we're up in Stevensville District and on the west side in the Bitterroots. And uh, you hear like this, I mean, it was, this was loud enough to like be like, oh yeah, that's a bird song. But you're like, oh, Western Tanager. I'm like looking at you, and I peek my head around the, the tree, and I was like, oh, that's what that is, man. I was like, you're my hero. I've been waiting on that for years. Cause I'd Man, yeah, they are the best birds. Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, and you know what it is when you're in the field, like, you're like, wow, that's cool. i got to look that up when I get service. And then you get doing a million other things. Forget. Yeah, and you forget, <laughs> yeah. Because, like, most places we are don't have service, especially, like, up Highway 12 corridor. This, I mean, that's a dead spot for a long time if you're deep in there like I was, oh, yeah. you know. And So unless I took a picture of it, which they move pretty quick. I mean, even that day I got a picture, but it was kind of rough, you know. Yeah, I don't know how people take photos of birds. That is so hard to do. I really want to get one of those like telephoto lenses, oh, yeah. like take really artsy shots of birds. But yeah, I need like three grand for that. Yeah, yeah, that's oh man, and then and that's an art form too because you got to figure out the camera and the the right lens and distance and yeah, all that. Yeah, that's you a know? whole another can of worms. It is, man. I'm not ready to open that. Yeah, same. My wife's got a pretty nice camera, and, and I I keep telling myself I'm gonna figure it out, and I missed the opportunity because one of my really good friends, his name's Tom Haney. And, he, uh, we jumped on West Fork together, or West Fork, <laughs> West Yellowstone together, and uh, he, uh, dude, he's an awesome photographer. He used to sell some of his stuff, and I'm not sure if he still is, but um, I always thought if I had a cool office and, uh, you know, maybe make a little more money, I would, uh, you know, buy a bunch of his photos to decorate my office, because he's got, like, really cool smoke jumping photos, fire photos, and just cool outdoorsy photos. Oh, um, sick. Yeah, he's got this awesome picture from Glacier. And uh, I bought it for my wife for her birthday because it was, like, so amazing. It was this uh, mother-daughter couple paddle boarding. And if I got the story right, because uh, Tom met them when they came to shore. I was like, hey, I took a bunch of photos with you. Could I have your address and send you them? And they were, like, pumped. Like, yeah, for oh, sure. What? We'd love to see it. And That's like, awesome. You know, they are on paddle boards. It was snow, like, everywhere. It was cold. So they're in, like, you know, sweatshirts, you know, like, leggings and, pad- and like, like Ugg-style boots. And I think they even had their coffee on their paddleboard, like a coffee cup. Like these, these gals were skilled on what? a paddleboard. That's it, awesome. Yeah, man. And um, so he's got this picture. I think they're kind of looking at each other, smiling, and the sun's coming up. And because that, that was their their deal, they try to find a spot with the lake, paddle out, watch the sunrise with their coffee and their paddleboards, then paddle back and keep their keep their adventure rolling. Man. Yeah, I was like, jeez, man. They're cooler than I'll ever be. Oh, absolutely, man. I was like, wow. That is <laughs> I don't so think amazing. I have the willpower to do that. Yeah, and <laughs> it was cold. cold. Yeah, because he'd been camping out for a few days, and it had been like a blizzard. And, and I think he was just trying to capture like Lake McDonald in the background mountains, you know, the the mountains in the background. Oh, yeah. And uh, so, like, 
first beautiful day, you know, cruise out of his tent, hanging out next to the shore, and you just see his mother daughter couples come up and, you know, put their, their uh, pedal boards in and, and cruise out and watch the sunrise. Dang, that's awesome. Epic, man. Yeah, like, because in the winter, well, a lot of times in the year, but you get these, like, cotton candy, pink skies, and it has oh, yeah. that going on, and it's just super cool, and he's, he's awesome with the, f- with the camera. So I wish I would have picked his brain a little bit, and then my other buddy, Brett Newell, is also pretty handy with the camera. We're in Yellowstone, jumping out of Yellowstone. Brett Newell was jumping with us, too. And um, he started jumping here before me and Tom. And uh, I mean, they go in the park all the time, make these, take these awesome photos of bison getting up super early. And, oh, man, yeah, like I just didn't take advantage of that time in Yellowstone, you know, and, and, and their knowledge of cameras. So yeah. that's the moral of the story. Yeah, <laughs> photography, that's a, that's a whole new beast. But honestly, like, smartphones these days oh dude you hardly even need a nice photo other than for like super i don't know well i guess if you're selling your stuff yeah you kind of want a nice one but yeah smartphones are pretty much the real deal now it doesn't oh, really dude. matter yeah it's so th- great yes yeah, yeah especially like the new iphone well and they're all competing like it used to be like iphone was like the best camera now like i think any one of the yeah, top brands samsung's kill it yeah totally yeah. oh we're at 80 percent here um, so download the Merlin app for anyone who's who's uh, paying attention to me mess with my phone. Usually don't like to mess with my phone during the podcast unless I'm looking something up. Yeah, and, and all the all the listeners guest. should uh, download the Merlin app if they uh, enjoy bird watching or are interested in the slightest. It's the handiest piece of equipment. Yeah, I don't know what people did before it. I yeah, I mean I wouldn't like I'm really pumped and let, like case case in point, you told me about the Merlin app. We're on the tour. Didn't have time. I mean, we've talked about it like five times since, and I'm downloading it finally now. So <laughs> I didn't do my homework for this podcast like I should have. Well, but back in the day, they must have had their their bird books, and you should see. Have you? I mean, have you like read through any bird books before? No. The like section of like voice for the birds will be like it's a high pitched you followed by a chicka chicka cheek 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 and it'll like it'll like write it out in letters and stuff and it's like how in the world are you supposed to oh know what that means yeah could you imagine like you and somebody else out there like i think that's that sounds about right the chicka yeah, chicka 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 choo choo is like what no the merlin app you can just you can just record it and it'll just spit it out and yeah. then you can verify it sometimes it could be wrong but but yes like, verify it as best you can and then it's like 90 percent of the time it's right oh that's awesome man and then like you said if you're in the woods a lot you probably get another shot at that bird and you can probably right. verify that way too just exactly hit it again kind of like uh was it like sound hound or something you can get for your phone and like identify uh music on the radio oh yeah yeah or, it's like that for birds yeah. it's literally that for birds i think really need that anymore i mean like now everything's you know digital and pandora and spotify and yeah. stuff you know so i feel like i'm talking am i coming across loud I'm trying to uh, watch the levels here you're, you're, you sound good in my ears. All right, man. Hey, right back at you, buddy. Hey. Uh, is this your fir- first podcast? You ever done this before? First podcast, man. Wow, man. First time. Awesome. Dude, I barely even have social media. I don't go on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do, but not like, I don't I don't put myself out there very often. So yeah, like not for fun. social media. You're just out there for more education exploration. Yeah, I used to do it a lot on social media, but then I just got weird i don't like all all it was to me is i'd go on there and i'd see all my friends doing like the coolest stuff ever and i would just get super jealous even though i do cool stuff too but it's like if you 
you know, look on somebody's profile, you just see the best of the best of what they do. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, like, I'll never be that good. It just made me feel bad about myself. So I, I was just like, you know, Instagram, that. I'm out. Yeah, it definitely has that for sure. But okay. now I kind of miss it because I want to see what my friends are doing. I know. I was just <laughs> so saying, that's kind of like a give and take. Yeah, totally. I think you get older and you just kind of understand that, like, you, you know, you're doing cool stuff too. And, like, down the road, yeah, like, exactly. you know, those opportunities. And it gives you, it's, it's, uh, for me, it's like a, a bucket list builder. You know, like, I'll see someone do something cool. And especially with this podcast, because it's, uh, I'm reaching out more than if it was just my own personal thing. Like, I, I probably wouldn't, like, search people to friend and I wouldn't follow as many people. Like, it would just be, like, probably my close friends and family. And, but now I'm like following these people and I'm like, whoa, where is that? You know? And then like, yeah. like they message him or I'll like read, you know, like where they were I'm like, wow. All right. It's on the to-do list. You know, that's a good, yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Just putting it on the to-do list. Yeah. It's so cool, man. Cause like in it, I think it keeps you humble and keeps you like hungry for adventure. Cause you're like, man, like that's true. It's definitely yeah. motivating in that way where it's like, oh man, all these guys are doing cool stuff. Like I should go do cool stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, man, yeah. Why not me? Like, and then you start, and like, I think, the big thing for me and maybe for some folks listening is like having a plan, right? Like scheduling it. Like otherwise, I'm like with fire. I think it comes to you, right? Like because like you, you never know where you end up. Like I jumped this, or no, I didn't even jump it. I was uh, crew boss in the Great Northern, and I want to mess this up. I think so. Sorry for anyone listening in in R5 in California, but it was like McCallney or McCallney. McCallney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, you know, man, yeah, I know like, that area. No idea that place existed. Get the fire call. We're out of Weavervale at the time. And uh, I think they were actually just moving us to Reading, like to Prepo. And then they're like, hey, we need an, an, you know, an extra crew. And it was super cool because Helena Shots were there. Uh, Flathead Hot Shots were there. So, like, and where, I knew. Where did you jump? In no, we ended up not jumping. Some oh, other guys right. did jump yeah. it, but, like, I, I was just crew boss. And so they flew us in. And uh, so it was, like, just a bunch of crews. And they initially jumped it, and they just needed some backup. And, um, man, like, I didn't have a chance to look around when they first landed. Like, I was on the. Because we had, like, the assistant going first and the me going last is you know how we did our shuttle in case like something happened we got split up so there'd gotcha. be someone in charge so like i show up last and so i'm just like time with everybody and just trying to focus on that to work my way down the hill to get time with my crew and, and see what we had you know and it's a type 2a crew so like i was you know want to get time with a little quicker than you know if it would have been a little more experienced crew probably you know right and they're fine yeah we had a really great group of folks but you know i just want to go time and make sure everybody's safe so, uh, didn't look around. So on the way out, um, we got flown out and so we're hiking out and there's no smoke really. The fire's like dead. So like when I'm flowing, there's, uh, smoke, but there's a, uh, where the jump spot was, was like right where it flows in and they have this like beauty of a camp. They have all the parachutes like set up as like, you know, like shades and, oh, that's cool. oh it was awesome, man. <laughs> like a little kitchen kind of set up, you know, like we just with like the boxes, like the food boxes yeah. and stuff. It was, yeah, it was beauty. And I was like, oh man. Wish I would jump this sucker. But it was kind of cool, though, because we were on this, like, rocky... Have you been there, McCallum? Well, we well we used to call it the Moke. The Moke? Yeah, oh, cool. But, I mean, it's a... I've been on the river. I've fished the river before. Really? Yeah, because oh, I used to live in the Central Valley, and the Moke came in, like, right in Lodi, where I worked. It kind of came into the, oh. the Delta area. So I, I fished the lower Moke, but I never really went up too high into the sierra but i'm sure you're way the heck up there yeah i think like uh, if i remember the map we weren't that far from tahoe yeah so right that that makes sense i i think or the headwaters are south of tahoe somewhere in there yeah i think my my california geography is fading well it's big man like everyone forgets sierras are really jumbly and confusing kind of yeah they are and kind of windy roads yeah Yeah, really windy 
Yeah, we went down some real narrow roads to get there, and we went to this like cool ranger station that had a hell of a spot, and they flew us out, and it was a couple hauntivirus cases I was reading about. I was like, hey, get get out get out of the shed, get out of the shed. <laughs> it's not a, not a good spot to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it was gorgeous. Dude. We were up on this like high plateau that was like all rock, which also turned out to be a bad deal because this lightning, this crazy electrical storm came in like yeah. the night before we left or something, like sometime during our our assignment there, but. Man, you could see down in that river. Were you down on that bottom? Uh, I don't know exactly where you were, but I've been in other river bottoms in the Sierra that are just insanely deep gorges. That's what it was, man. Yeah. I was, like, looking down. I'd they have my coffee so in the morning. They are so deep. Like, the gorges and canyons in the Sierra way bigger than out in Montana. Yeah, and like, anywhere I really had been, you know, and different, you know, because it's not like the Grand Canyon where it's, like, a desert and right. this big canyon, you it's know? It's just rock, It's just rock and trees. And you and get up high enough, and then this year is just, like, an ocean of wavy granite rock just oh. as far as you can see really? in every direction. It's just, oh, just I love the Sierra Nevada. It's an incredible mountain range. It is, man. Yeah. Like, I think it's because, you know, California's got Yosemite and the ocean and L.A. and all these in San Diego and all these other places in Tahoe. It's like, so it gets, because uh, Tahoe's in, in Cali, right? Yeah. All right. Man, well, Tahoe slash, or Cali slash Nevada, Nevada right? Yeah, I couldn't remember exactly <laughs> what the line was. I was like, uh, maybe I'm It sorry. goes right through Tahoe. Oh, does it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I probably knew that because I've been there a few times, but top of my head, I couldn't, couldn't remember. But anyways, there's just so many awesome things. So, like, well, maybe slightly less awesome parts of California get missed, you know? Definitely. There's some backwoods places in California that nobody knows about, or not that many people anyways, and it's just, yeah, it's great. Yeah, too many people focus on, when they think of California, they think of, like, Southern California or... Yeah, and Hollywood and stuff. Yeah, or or Yosemite and stuff. Yeah, but there's so many other places that you wouldn't have even heard of. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we were just cruising around Northern Cali and, um, like... We talked about this before, like out to, wasn't Six Rivers, like Mad River Range District, then we went yeah. out to Fortuna, that's what it was. And oh, yeah. What's the one on the ocean there? Someone with an A. Arcata? Like Arcata, yeah. Went to Arcata, and that was all yeah, cool. It's so different up there. It is. Than and anywhere else in California. It was such a nice break, too, because we were a little more inland, you know, in the Mad River area, and it was it was nice, but it was really hot, really dry, kind of yeah, a drop. You get out there, it's just wet and soggy and nasty. Yeah, it was it a nice change. Good. Yeah, because like, everything was soaked when you woke up. Yeah, we, yeah it's gross and moldy there, yeah. though. Sure. Oh, I bet, yeah. And it's, us Montana kids, we didn't know anything. Yeah, we'd come yeah, out exactly. of the hotel, and it's just like, everything's soaked. We're like, whoa, this is wild, you know? Yeah. So it was a nice break, then we, you know, back in the desert area, but I, I think we uh, drove through some, like, redwood or sequoia type trees on the way out there too which is super oh, yeah. cool probably redwoods though i don't know probably redwoods definitely yeah. redwoods oh that's awesome on the on the coast there yeah and that's cool so you spent i guess well, give me your background where, so so i grew up in colorado hmm. born and raised in boulder and then uh when i turned 18 i got into school at cal poly in san luis obispo on the central coast there Ooh, slow right which the Central Coast is one of those hidden gems in California that people often overlook. I mean, it's yeah. an incredible place. There's just rolling green hills in the winter, at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, beautiful dry. coastline and cool hills. And yeah, that was a fun area to be at school. And then um, after school, I got into an AmeriCorps fisheries program and I worked in Slow, in San Luis Obispo, Slow. Yeah. Uh, Worked there for a year, and then I went up to the Central Valley in near Lodi is where I worked 
Oh, that's how you ended up that way. Yeah, oh. so that's how I ended up that way. Um, and worked there for two years. And then I really didn't like living in the Central Valley. I loved working there because there's really amazing fisheries there. Yeah. Really, really cool stuff. Different, um, kind, different kind of fish in there? Tons of different. The, the diversity is insane. Well, and it's not for a great reason. It's mostly because it's one of the most invaded deltas in on the planet oh i never so, knew man it's super diverse because there's like 90 percent of the species are not native in- invasive eh? yeah oh. so you see a ton of different fish there and uh yeah that was a fun job i got to just like cruise around on boats and haul nets through the water and oh dude count fish and do yeah. all sorts of stuff man if it's that heavy invasive it's probably gonna be hard to i mean is anyone even making an uh, effort to bring in the native fish or are they just like well this is the way it is now there there's definitely native fish conservation going on and there's actually a ton of money in it because um because you know so many people rely on the delta for fresh water that the water companies are legally obligated to just pump money into conservation oh wow! so a lot of the conservation groups around there have a good amount of funding and there's a lot of conservation work, but yeah, the the uh, outlook is pretty bleak out there for our natives, unfortunately. Oh, that was unfortunate, man. I mean, because you always hear about it here in Montana, too. It's like the big push is to, you know, save the native species. Like, I think, did you hear this recently? The smallmouth bass were in the Bitterroot? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, pretty I was like, interesting. Yeah. That's kind of weird. go catch one. I know, because that's what they want, right? <laughs> yeah, trying to get go them catch out. it and kill it. Yeah. Report it. Catch, yeah. kill, report. Yeah. How do they get, how do you think they got in the Bitterroot? From the Clark Fork. Mm, I didn't know they were in the Clark Fork, but that, may, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really know much of this until I was talking to the the fish and wildlife and parks folks that work here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were saying there's been smallmouth on the Clark Fork for years and years. Oh. And so it just them getting onto the Bitterroot is just a sign that the Bitterroot is getting warmer and warmer oh. and warmer every year. Man, that's sad. The trends are sketchy. Yeah, it's bad news, right? Especially for local native species I and mean, stuff. I mean, we all love to catch cutthroat trout, and uh, their future is in the air right now with with climate change. And that's the main thing is what I've been re- I've been doing a ton of reading, and uh, most of the temperature change is coming from climate change. Oh man! So there's really not that much on the ground work you can do. You can do some stuff like. You know, increasing riparian vegetation, just to shade the river, that helps with temperature, getting better groundwater connections, because that brings cool water into the system, but, you know, there's only so much we can do. Yeah, man, God, it's unfortunate, and, like, you know, some of the recent numbers I was hearing about, like, pollution, because, you know, know, it's always a push in the first world countries to, you know, like, clean up the atmosphere, which is, you know, good, but it's uh, one of the numbers I was reading was, like, we're, we could go as clean as we want, but, like, you still have, like, these other giant factories and you know like china and these other places that are yeah still like pumping a lot of the carbon and you know all the greenhouse gases right in the atmosphere and man i had taken ochem and i actually took like pre-ochem not just like recent enough to have like tingles of memories about like what i'm talking about but like i have no idea what i'm saying but um then i heard like this this british fellow talk recently about like uh he had a good solution it was kind of cool because he was like most people are like pointing fingers and he was just like you know what we need to do is just like instead of like maybe trying to have this green big green push on in countries where it's not even like making it's not even a part of the problem it's like 
that's good. We can still keep working on that, but maybe we should put more effort into making cleaner energy and making it cheap energy so we can put it at these places where right. all the... Better up and coming. Yeah, and the, and the places that have the higher So pollutants. they don't even know dirty energy. It's just right into the clean stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, and make it affordable and better so that when, like, these other countries that are, like, the heavy polluters, they don't... Yeah, it's not. It's no brainer. Like, it's like, this is cheaper and better, and we'll help you, you know, get it off the ground, you know? Perfect world. Yeah, perfect world. Yeah. We don't need to go down that road. No, we don't. doom and gloom. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to keep it, keep it on the up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, man, I guess I kind of knew about the fish, you know, and I mean, our whole uh, uh, ecosystem is getting um, hammered by, you know, this Pretty global much. warming. And, I mean, but, you know, fish are really, I think, one of the most important, like, indicator species out there and all across the west i mean the whole country really and the whole world is like fisher the outlook is tough for yeah. them so well and, and like you said there's such a it's a bummer but it's also really interesting yeah. i think yeah and it, it's um there's such a, a good um uh, indicator like you said or like uh almost like thermometer or right like the canary in the coal mine coal, yeah canary in the coal mine that's uh, okay Doug, you're the man. Because uh, <laughs> that's like where my brain was going. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But, like, because, I mean, like, uh, you know, part of the pollution with the, the oceans and, you know, mercury and the tuna and all these fish and stuff, like, like see the rise in it. It's like, all right, you know, something's going to change. And right. that's definitely the indicator that's more visual. I mean, if we were a little more in tune, there might be something else we could pick up. But, like, fish are so sensitive to all that stuff, especially, like, with the warming of the rivers, you know, like. Trout. In particular, they just are really picky little suckers. Yeah. They really want that cold water, but that's too damn bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cause they're not <laughs> going to get it for a while, maybe. <laughs> Everything's well, getting warmer. Yeah, you see it in the, with the wildfires and everything else, yeah, you know. Yeah, wildfires, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, we're like, it's just insane to, like, learn about this stuff, you know, back in, or for me, it was, like, middle school and stuff where I first learned about climate change, and then, like, yeah. now I feel like I'm really living it. Yeah, totally, man. Like things are just crazy. It's the uh, hottest. Uh, the last June was the hottest, or July was the hottest July ever recorded. Oh man, and that happens every year now. I know it's every like, year is the hottest year ever recorded. It's I know crazy. it's not as surprising as it used no, to be. No, it's not surprising, but it's just uh, it's interesting to actually be like living it. And it's not like the world's just like ending. No, like, we're still alive and yeah. well. And, yeah, like it'll just be interesting to see how things adapt how things adapt because it's not like life is just going to come to an end it's no like just things are going to be different yeah yeah and, and i think it's the unfortunate thing is that we're, we're more aware than probably humans have ever been as far as we know of, of like species and you know things like that so like we know it you, you can just feel the hurt when you like we lose a species and you're like oh man you know yeah so i think that's what's hard harder me with this uh, point in life and i think we we're more massive, you know, population's huge, human race, so it's like we can kind of see the impact we're doing a little more firsthand and social media and all that stuff, so. Well, and working for the Forest Service is an interesting <laughs> perspective of it all, too, because yeah, you get access to a lot of data and you see yeah. a lot of the forest and, like, just seeing how things have changed from, like, the 80s to now, at least in yeah. the fisheries world and the hydro world, is, is just mind-boggling. Oh, how, totally. I wish I could have been around in like the the fifties and sixties just to see what it was, what these rivers were like, and uh, what the fish were like. And yeah, you know, there was probably bull trout everywhere. Oh, I like bet. everywhere. Yeah, I would assume. Uh, yeah, but 
bull trout's more know. sensitive or something. You gotta get some some old geezer on here to talk about uh, mm. bull trout back in the day. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> call. Well, can you find you find bull trout still like Missouri and stuff though, right? Don't you? Or? They're still here. Still here. There's oh. just not as many of them. Yeah. And they in particular are the pickiest of the picky trout. Oh really? Yeah, because they prefer waters under like 48 degrees. I think. Oh. Which. I mean, the bitter right now, right this second, the bitter is probably 72 degrees. Holy cow. Yeah. Like so bath. they're not in the main stem. They're hiding somewhere else. Yeah. That's what someone told but, me. Um, Rebe- Rebecca just caught a, a bull trout the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. Did she and have a picture? Yeah. She's got a good picture. Uh-huh. You should ask her. Yeah. I'll, you'll have to and, bug her. Uh, and Lauren caught one yesterday, too. Oh, really? Man, that's good they news. They were e-fishing, though. Not, not rod and reel for the <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. Permitted. Permanent, yeah, <laughs> different different style, yeah. Because yeah, I remember I was talking to one of the folks. Um, he's an instructor at Trapper, and he was saying that like a lot of times he, he fishes more of the tributaries because this time of year because like said colder and that's where all the fish go. So yep. Yeah. There's uh, up in Missoula where Rattlesnake Creek comes into the Clark Fork. Yeah. Um, you're not allowed to fish within a hundred yards of that mouth, just because that water is so much colder than the Clark Fork that like everybody will congregate right there they're oh. worried about like there being a pot of bull trout there and people just like hooking them yeah. so you're just not allowed to fish for a hundred yards a little radius around the mouth which yeah. is pretty interesting it's pretty interesting yeah. yeah it's really i think it's a good deal because i mean how many people are really good at their uh fish identification you know so mm-hmm. like i caught a bull trout. trout look weird do they look weird they look way different than so you caught like a brown a trout and, yeah yeah i was thinking like i don't know i saw Bully. I've never caught a bull, I don't think so. I, I was like just picturing no, I've looking never similar to that. I've never really? seen a bull in person before. I don't think I've either. So I was just picturing like more of a brown trout looking thing, but it doesn't look like brown, huh? Kinda. They're like darker with white spots, but they're they're hard to catch unless you're using like big fat streamers because they're oh. pretty much. I mean, generally they're exclusively fish eaters, oh. so they're like super predatory towards fish. So you use these like giant streamers to catch them. And most people just don't fish with giant streamers unless you're targeting bull trout, which is illegal to do here. Oh, good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I, that's probably why I've never seen them because I don't think I've ever fished streamers than anyone I know. Yeah, I don't really fish streamers. Yeah. Here's a weird question. I used to catch whitefish all the time when I was a kid, and I haven't caught a whitefish in a long time. Is that just like weird coincidence, or is there something going on with whitefish, too? I think that's well... You know, I don't really know about what's going on with whitefish, but... Maybe nothing. I just caught one the other day. Oh, yes. It's just me. <laughs> it might just be you. Yeah, that's what I was hoping. You got to f- put your nymph a little deeper. Ah, oh, it could be. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. It. Well, like, I remember as a kid, like, people hated them, it seemed like, you know, around Craig. I don't know what the hate is for whitefish, man. Everybody yeah. hates on whiteies, but they're I, pretty fun. That's what I heard. I heard they taste, they taste really good, I've, too. I've never had one before, but apparently, mm. yeah, people will, like, smoke them. Yeah. And it's pretty good. That's what I heard, too. I man. imagine that with some, like, cream cheese on a cracker. Oh. That sounds pretty good. That sounds really nice, yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> like, I can picture the first one I caught when I was really young, and actually my great-grandpa bought this thing. Um, I was, like, super pumped, and he was like, throw it back. I was like, what? No, I, I want to keep this one. <laughs> yeah, people always hate on the whiteys. I, I guess I kind of get it, because when you do catch them, you're like, oh, no, I'd rather have a trout. But, yeah. you know, when the trout are biting slow, then it's pretty nice to get a whitey. That's what I was thinking. Like, I didn't <laughs> call anything all day, you yeah, know. Yeah, like that's when you really want one. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I didn't, man, I was so young, I didn't really know, like, the difference between any fish, and I was just, like, stoked to have a fish. I was like, hey, look right, at this thing. Right. He's like, yeah, good job, throw it back. I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I threw it back and and uh, yeah, I was on Missouri, like just down down river from Craig and 
Man, oh, and that's another thing that's kind of changed too. It feels like the Missouri and a lot of these rivers are just so much more weedy because of the. Someone told me because mm. the temperature change and maybe some of the like um, fertilizer and stuff in the fields that would make or something. sense. A bunch of a bunch of nutrients. Yeah, I don't really know yeah. anything about the weeds the and east, stuff. The east side rivers around here. I oh. just haven't even really fished them. I've only been in Montana for like two years now. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. What what brought you to Montana? Huh? What brought you to Montana? I think I know, but I want to uh, What brought me to Montana? A few factors. One was definitely family. My family kind of congregated up here. Yeah. But then the recreation, man. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, growing up in Colorado and recreating those, being on those trails and being at those recreation areas and then coming here, it's like a completely different world. That's what I was told, yeah. Like I'll come here to a trailhead and it'll be like, five cars in the parking lot i'm like wow so busy yeah. <laughs> i know like, ah. in colorado it's like a hundred cars that's what i was told man like everything at least depending in certain places but yeah 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 more popular areas i guess i, I imagine maybe around bozeman might be getting a little bit like that but yeah I mean, definitely and, and yeah. around missoula can get like that too a little bit but still it's not nearly as bad as like boulder where i grew up that's what I heard, man. Like, even on the weekdays. Like, because, you know, usually around Montana, you can get away from a little bit of the crowd on the weekdays, especially outside the, the busy seasons. It's not a big deal, you know? But, right. Yeah. Uh, even if they are packed, like you said, as long as you, you're going I mean, once you get on the trail, you don't see anybody. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's weird. Well, yeah, as long as you're going up with a good attitude and don't mind, you know? And, yeah. and most people are super fun and happy to see you, you yeah, know? Yeah, people are friendly on the trails. Yeah, I love running into some random people out in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm here, so that's the difference. Around yeah. here, you run into somebody in the backwoods, and you're like, oh, my God, how's it going? Like, yeah, good to you see you. Yeah. Like, yeah, you go conversate with them, whereas, like, somewhere a lot busier, like Colorado or California or something, you're, you're just, like, put your head down and keep walking you're like hi you know yeah exactly just quick hey. thing yeah but yeah. here people like want to talk to you and like i've been, gotten in like 15 minute 20 minute conversations with people just way the heck out there yeah and it's great oh yeah. it's so good man you're like oh, i saw whatever up here you know like like oh cool i'll go check that out you know like especially if, you, if they're like you know if it's the first time you've been on that trail or like oh i've been up like you know blodge would be a horse head arch you like have you seen a horse at Arch? Well, it's just a little bit ways up there, you know? Like, you'll see it. You can't miss it. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, people are super friendly. It's great. Yeah, I hope that doesn't change. Hope It will. It will, it's unfortunately. Okay. It's just like climate change. It's all going to hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I and I know what people are going to say is that I'm part of the problem for moving here. But, you know, you only <laughs> live once. And no. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in that, man. I think people who are getting mad at folks for moving, you can't choose where you're born. You can't choose, like, where That's you what I'm grew saying. up, you know? But when you're old enough, like... When an adult, you can choose where you want to live and like live where, wherever makes you happy. Like I think more people would be happy if they would do that. I like, couldn't agree more. Yeah, if you don't like an area, move. You know, go find go find your happiness. That's the beauty of America. Yeah, you're allowed to move around. You yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, and I want to, in my experience too. You know, like I've lived in Montana almost my entire life, so it's like seen it change since the '90s. You know, like since the early '90s. It's you know, a big change, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's I don't know. It hasn't been too bad. The only the only people I ever get frustrated with are the folks who are, um, like, cutting off access. You know, if they, like, it's usually the rich out-of-stater folks who come in and they right. just, it's like their trophy ranch. And they that's, don't. That's where I think the problem is, is, like, second homes. Or yeah. Like, or, yeah, like, affecting the way locals live. Yeah. Like, me coming in here, like, some broke young guy trying <laughs> to, like make it in the environmental industry like i'm not really stepping on anybody's toes. no and i recreate super responsibly and stuff i'm not like 
And that's like doing anything wrong, I don't think. I want to say, man, I mean, be pretty close to 100% of California, f- Californians I've met that have moved here are just like you. They're just like, I can't well, afford Well, that's the crowds you run with, too. That's, that is true. <laughs> but I'm trying to give a little bit more benefit, you know, because <laughs> I think that's why they come here. A lot of them is like, you know, just like California's expensive. It is. It's, it's busy. It's hard know? to be a young professional, like, trying to you know just live yeah well you see in the forest sort of side of things man like they're having a really hard time filling positions and we are too but not quite as bad i don't think because man the the forester's wage is the same nationally you know all yeah. over so it's like you try to live anywhere in california well, really the locality pays don't even make up for it no a lot of the time yeah and we get like our little um raise that's supposed to go with inflation you know yeah. and yeah, last year. Yeah. Or three like, percent. I don't know. Well, I think it's this, not this, enough. Yeah, this one was two percent. No, and the one before that was like half percent or one and a half or something like it. Was, yeah, it was, I mean you don't even notice it, you know, because it just goes with taxes. Yeah. So it's like uh, something's got to change, you know, and and yeah, I don't know. Outdoor community, I think, is pretty strong. So I think that's why, like you're saying, like the California folks, the outsiders that I've met are just trying to do the same thing as me and you, you know, go out and enjoy and just get by, man. Share have, some experience. Have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy nature. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, what up? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Melissa. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think people maybe need to give people a little more grace for moving here. You know, it's like we're, everyone's moved here from somewhere, you know, like even if you're fourth generation, you know, that, first person came from somewhere you know that's what i'm saying just well, a little perspective man yeah even even me you know like i'm you know part in this purse that's where you know a lot of my ancestry comes from or some of it i guess and it's like they, i don't know who knows if they were here the whole time they could have come from somewhere too <laughs> you know right that's well well bro blow my mind uh, i mean no, it all depends <laughs> on like the, the was it the uh land bridge theory and yeah, all that yeah, comes yeah. but i mean uh, that's the cool thing i love about uh, just humans in general, like it's such a mystery. Like they they find new evidence that like maybe humans have been in you know the Americas for longer than they thought. And oh, that's so crazy! I took a prehistory class in college. It was like history before history. So like oh. how humans became humans. That was a really cool class. Dang, we, man. we talked all about all that stuff and yeah. how the the Polynesians might have gone to California before anybody else did. There's like, that's like a big theory. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember like, yeah. Cause like, uh, you know, Rogan had that guy on who was talking about all these like similar, um, uh, like artworks, like uh, rock craving yeah. or carving screams, <laughs> like rock carvings, you know, that like super similar, like these snakes and these heads and you know, like the, Oh yeah. I, don't, I can't remember the name of the, Omex or something like that they yeah, were thinking and, and I think so. yeah so before like that one cataclysm they were thinking that those folks were all over the world you know like and that would make sense these sa- sailing cultures why wouldn't they go all, all over you know especially if that good sailors you know like it, I think our history wrote that it's an accident you know like I mean it's not like Columbus was lost but like the Vikings they were coming and going as they pleased they weren't like lost it didn't sound like they would just come yeah, over and Polynesians crushed it yeah Polynesians yeah like wasn't I don't think it was an accident they like made it to Hawaii and, and Fiji and all these other no, islands. No, you know how it happened? Or how they used to do it? Birds. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that played a part. Yeah. That would be a great segue. But Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going. That's <laughs> what I thought you were going. I was like, dude. No, so they would just like I guess when they decided it was time to explore, they would just load up a ship with like, I don't know, a ton of supplies, let's say like a month of supplies. And then they would just sail like in one direction. And once they used half of their resources, they would turn around and come back. Oh, whoa. 
And so they would just do that over and over until they found something. And that's how they found all those crazy islands. That's cool, man. Super remote places was just like exploring really responsibly. Yeah, of smart. like, okay, once we run out of half our stuff, we'll come back. Yeah, we'll work way take back. the same amount of time to come back. Or, yeah, it should. And if you or something like that. That's that le- I read that like a week ago. I don't know. So it was something like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, even if like something like delayed you a little while, like you're. You know, you survive a few extra days on, on yeah, low I'm sure rations. They, I'm sure know. they survived for a month without food sometimes. Yeah, yeah they probably fish on their way. <laughs> I and mean, they those guys are crazy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They can <laughs> fish on their way and that. collect rainwater. I know, man. I'm, like, skipping a meal. Like, Yeah, oh, boy, I'm starving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, going to uh, die yeah, out here. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> like, bring one bar on a hike. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah, especially on a hot day, the, the old blood sugar starts oh, to tank. Yeah, I'm like, dude. oh, Without no. my Gatorade, I'm toast. Yeah, oh, I'm so dependent on electrolytes now. Like, oh, I used man. to not be, but now right? I am. Yeah. What's up with that? Global like warming. Glo- <laughs> <laughs> it's global warming, making us all sweat harder, making us addicted. It's Gatorade. It's Gatorade, yeah. They're, they're, it's the, the conspiracy theory that Gatorade is causing global, global warming. Oh, so that we'll buy more Gatorade. I mean, there's... Might be some grounds. I don't Prove know. me wrong, listeners. Prove me <laughs> wrong. <laughs> yeah, right in. Yeah. Or, you know... Gatorade can donate to the cause. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Getting off the rails here. Yeah, no, it's great, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm older. I like more electrolytes like all the time. Like it, In the noon tablets? Yeah, those are my those go-to. Those are bomb. Those and the like, hammer. Oh, man, like hammer gels, you know, like hammer supplements. They're like oh, a whitefish or something. But it's like a hammer fizz. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not giving this company enough love, but they're great, too. Like, I like them. Um, Possibly a little more than noons. I mean, uh, they're both really good, but I like the little little goo packets oh, too, yeah. like caffeine in them. Oh man, those hit good on when you're really tired. Yeah, well, that's I'm sure you guys use those a lot in fire, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, um, because there's like a coffee one that's got like quite yeah. a bit of caffeine. Yeah, actually during rookie training, I use those a lot. Like, I'd have like a because you know you got your car- cargo greens on, you know, so I'd have like. A, both pockets full of stuff like yeah. snacks and Pocket caffeine. Snacks. Yeah, my buddy told me about those. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, my, my 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 two of my really good buddies went through rookie training. They they'd pocket bacon. They're like, this. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> like that's the only way to make it through, man. Get all those calories from bacon. Oh man, that yeah. would be really good. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. I mean, yeah, you, those guys work hard. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, it's amazing, and your body just like eats it up too. Like, yeah, you just you, turn into a furnace. You mm-hmm. can burn anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything's fuel. You could eat crap, and it's just like burns up oh totally dude yeah because i was running on like those um those shock those like cliff little um shot oh, block yeah, things you know yeah. cliff shots and yeah those things were super helpful some of them were like um like 50 milligrams of caffeine or something for two i don't remember oh starting to walk on you a little bit things walking away oh oh kind of steady perfect i know i should put like a little gripper or something on the bottom of these suckers so yeah, they stay a little some, more some friction down here yeah exactly it's, it's too smooth yeah um and then so you came to montana and then oh yeah so uh so let me resume so i was working in california were you at the mock was it what you call the mock the The moke the moke well i was i I live pretty close to the moke yeah i would fish it sometimes tried to catch some steelhead on it never was successful oh that reminds me actually like i I knew i was reaching for something man there's something on like that i was gonna talk to you about the fisheries here in montana and if I don't, if I don't ask you right now, I'm, I'm gonna lose it. Uh, <laughs> do you know about like salmon and flathead? Like there used to be like these big like salmon fishing things, and there's like these old black and white photos. You guys having like these strings mm. of, I want to say like, giant salmon or something. Yeah, like way back when. 
And then, oh. like, Lake Trout or something took him out. Do you know anything about this? I don't this? really know anything about mm. that, no. We'll do some research and come back on that one. They, I know that Lake Trout are not native there and are decimating a lot, of the, right? a lot of the natives. But yeah. Because they're rough on, I like, coconut. I there was salmon right? there. I know there's never, there was never salmon here. Oh, really? Yeah, because there was um, down where the Clark Fork, like, meets the Pondere. Is that what it is? Pondere? Probably, yeah. I've had track uh, of that. Seems there's, right. There was a waterfall, or it still is, or something. I don't know. Some some, per, some barrier, yeah. yeah, that salmon were never able to make it up here. Yeah, because a lot of the, you know, like the people who don't like dams, uh, because, and I get it, because of the salmon can't return back to their natural spawning areas, right? Yep. And so that's what cuts a lot of salmon from their natural spots. But Big like, problem. Yeah, but if you have a natural feature, like a giant waterfall. Yeah, that's yeah, just natural. It's going to keep, yeah. yeah. I didn't know. Well, it makes sense, though, because you go just right over the mountain range, into like the Nez Perce country, and there's all kinds of salmon over there right, on that side. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how there's no salmon here. You go and see as the crow flies 20 miles. Yeah, not very and far. And there's salmon. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It was really, the last time I went through like the reservation down to McCall to see my, my one buddy there who jumped on McCall and um, shot to Brownson. But uh, he, there was like a bunch of like native folks who were along the river there, and they, they were catching salmon. I think they were selling it right, like, right there, like fresh caught salmon. I was like, Dang, that's awesome. yeah, like I did not take advantage, but I knew I didn't know when I was going to be coming back. So I didn't want to like have a salmon in my Subaru or whatever. <laughs> I was driving and like forget about it. You gotta always keep a cooler on oh, you. Oh, <laughs> dude. I know. Like I, I should have just uh, grabbed one of those like little styrofoam suckers and shoved the salmon yeah, in it. You know? man. Yeah. It was like, oh, dude. So like one of these days I got to get back down there when they're doing like their salmon run or whatever's happening. And yeah. I've never, never caught a salmon on a rod and reel. Oh, me either, man. Be pretty awesome. You're calling those little kokanee suckers before. You ever seen those? Yeah, yeah. I've seen kokanee. That was a cool thing I saw in Tahoe. Was um, there's kokanees that were stocked in the lake, and they run up a few of the creeks there. Oh, really? Yeah, and there's tons of them. I mean, we That's were at cool. this little. I forget. I'm sure some people listening have been there because it's super popular. But yeah. there's this like boardwalk, and there was like thousands of you know bright red kokanees all spawning up. Whoa! And then these this mama black bear and her two cubs came in out of the bushes and mama started like charging and splashing and trying to catch the salmon and i got to stand like right there right in front of her trying to catch these salmon it was like really cool that's cool it's like a mini alaska yeah it's like a tiny teeny tiny alaska thing (laughs) not nearly as cool as the grizzlies up there but but still like on a small scale it was yeah it was crazy i mean in tahoe like literally right outside of town wow that's awesome man i didn't i didn't know until like a couple years ago that the kokanee's turned color because i'd only seen them like in their normal like chill stage yeah they get super bright red it's really cool looking really cool man yeah because i've only you know i saw like pictures of the or videos of the the red salmon doing their spawning run in alaska when all the grizz are out there and crazy bright red colors and then to see that we have these little kokanees that do the same thing yeah but they're just small yeah just smaller yeah there used to be kokanee in lake como really yeah there probably still are a few but they used to stock them in there oh Huh. Do you think they're native? Or, well, I guess the, no. the lake's not really native. They were so. not native. Yeah. Kokanee, I, okay, some listeners might correct me, but Sorry. I believe kokanee are not native anywhere freshwater. Oh, really? They, they're, they're, so, they're like an ocean uh, I'm blanking on it now, but kokanee and like sockeye are the same thing. Oh. Kokanee's just the freshwater version of it. 
Uh, Something like that. Just gets a little smaller. Yeah, I'll have to get back to you on that one though. Yeah, yeah, we'll do some research and, yeah. and do a round two do, and do a little research. Yeah, I should be taking notes so like we. Can, well, I'll get to edit this sucker. So we'll get the follow up. Fo- follow up on yeah. answer some questions about like the flathead salmon and Is it'd be cool. I could yeah, I could maybe grab an old photo too because it's like I'm curious say, about that. Yeah, yeah. I want to say I looked it, it maybe up. There was. Maybe there was. I think yeah, there was sure. yeah, and I think the the lake trout just like came in just wreck shop. Hey. Um, Very public podcasting. Yeah, yeah, just sharing, being friendly. I think that was <laughs> Shelby from Trails. Oh, that's Shelby. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, super nice. Last time I saw her, she was injured, so I wanted to ask her how she's doing, but later date. Come on in, <laughs> tell Come us on, how things are here. going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, that, the black and white photos I saw are super cool, so maybe I can like print those off and bring those yeah, of the salmon. Yeah, I'm totally curious. But anyway, so yeah, the moke. Anyways. We talked about the moke, and then yeah, I was in. Central Valley, um, me and my now wife were living there, and uh, we just hated living in the Central Valley. I mean, anybody who's been there will tell you it's it's a fine place to make a living. There's a lot of jobs, but it's just not very fun to live there. <laughs> oh, really? What, like, uh, it's just really talk to flat, me. really mm. industrial, at least where we were. Oh, is that like near Bakersfield? Yeah, we were mm. 100 miles north, which is still in the valley. The valley's Whoa, humongous. It's like 400 miles long or something like that. I don't know. I've driven through it. Like, how, what's the biggest city, like, uh, Commons? There's, like, Bakersfield, Stockton, um, yeah, Sacramento. Sacramento, that's what I was yeah. thinking, yeah. Uh, and then up to Redding. <coughs> yes. And then yeah. Redding's kind of, like, the end, pretty much. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because I, I drove the whole stretch, so, like, I've definitely been through there. And I've... Yeah, you know, it's just really flat, really boring. It's just not... It's Good for farming. For a guy who likes mountains a lot and going hiking, it just wasn't the place for me. So anyways, we yeah. sold everything we had. We quit our jobs and we moved into a truck and a truck camper. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I almost forgot to ask you about that. But. Yeah, and we lived in that for... A good seven, eight months that winter. Oh, man. Uh, we expected to live in it longer, but uh, money. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And you, uh, but it's good, though, man. Like, uh, I, you know, like in the last podcast I did with my buddy Sam, and we were talking about, like, relationship stuff, and it's a good way to know if you like each other. You That's know. for <laughs> sure. That's pretty much, I knew two things I knew she was the one was when we survived COVID together yeah, and okay, when man. we survived living in a truck camper with two cats together. Yeah. <laughs> That's big. Yeah, I think me and my wife high fived after COVID. Like, yeah, we're good. You yeah, know, we're like, good. No like, we spend that much time just us and yeah. be all right. I think it's gonna be okay. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah. That's what we got in common too. We were talking about before the podcast about like dirtbag camping. Like, me and me and my wife took the, their family camper, Jacob. I so like this thing was around like this airstream. It was just my field at my dad's house, but I didn't like think it was usable. Really, I, it just wasn't on my brain to use it. You know, and I was just kind of sitting in the field collecting mice. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was good at it. Good mousetrap. Ooh, it was a real good mousetrap. It <laughs> caught them all, it seemed like. I mean, this thing was, I'll show you pictures afterwards. It was brutal. It took a long time to get this thing, like, just, you know, able to walk around in it. Um, but it got all cleaned up, bleached every square inch of the sucker. And, uh, but anyways, we had this Jayco. It was a 94, and, uh, it's a 26 footer. And we were towing that thing around for a couple winters, and it was awesome. And just us and the dog, and we were in Bullhead. Let me see, Buckeye, Arizona, so just outside of Phoenix for a while. And then we went to Prescott, and then we were in Bullhead for a while. Like, all these cool places, man. And like you said, like 26-foot 
basic hallway, you know, because it's yeah. like an old camper, so it doesn't have the slides or anything. And right. Pretty tight quarters, and it was great, though, man. We had a great time and getting to see some country we never really would have, you know, seen if we weren't living in the area. You Absolutely. Know? It's such a cool – I wish I could do that, like, long-term and make a living, yeah. but it's kind of hard to do that. But it's, it, like, when you're actually doing it long-term like that, it's so different than just, like, going on a road trip. Yeah. Like, you just – have to live like it's, so cool. it's very strange and you also get to spend play time in places that like you normally just would not go to because yeah. it's just like why would i go down that road when like i know what's down that road totally yeah you know and i got time to mm. think about but like what we would do is just be like oh that lo- that road looks fun let's just go drive it why yeah, not totally and we would just do it and then we'd get find a nice campsite and we'd be like shoot we'll stay here for three days like, we don't yeah. care yeah and you're killing so, time basically <laughs> i was gonna say you find some of these great spots i mean that's what kind of fire did for me and then also just being like a nomad you know adventurous spirit like you guys like there's this uh so lake mead so we're i don't know where we're heading i think we we're going to zion maybe i'm trying to track that ge- geographically makes sense for us to go from like yeah, prescott to zion there's like road construction or something and like it was moving slow and then there's this back road you can take that'll like cut off so you don't have to go through Vegas, and you can, like, get closer. Like, it's pretty close to Zion, if I remember right. But, it, you know, on the map, it was about the same time with the construction. It was like, well, I know where this goes. You know, I've been on this interstate a few times, but I have no idea where this other trail goes. And, man, like like you said, went around this beautiful country. There's some cool campsites back there. Because why not? Yeah, because why not? Yeah, we didn't have the camper with us because we're just going to go uh, tent camp outside of Zion and go explore. So, um, I mean, we were real, really mobile, so it was cool. We got to go check it out. and. Um, we're in the tundra and just, man, it was just a great time. We went up pulling his eye on it in dark because like we didn't know the construction was going on until we got into it, you know? And, uh, what, man, you probably had this before you pull into a spot and, and pitch black, like we pulled in this campground pitch black and, uh, just slept in the back of the truck, you know, rolled out an air mattress and us and us and the dog just cuddled in for the night and we only got a couple hours of sleep because you know, were excited to go check out zion but woke up in the canyon you know like right as you're going into the park and oh, it's just love that. gorgeous yeah i was like man you know like i had the jet boil going you know brewing up some, getting some coffee going and we, you know we that's my favorite arrow pressed out some awesome coffee and just having like, coffee camping is like the best moment yeah ever. dude oh it's so, so good nice. man i was in we're both in like like rainbow flip-flops man and like some sweats and a puffy you know just and just comfy. like comfy. Just comfy yeah dude like mm. beanies on just like taking it all in and you know it's just like oh this is great you know like not even talking just like looking around and, and absorbing it all in for a hot sec you yeah, know we did a, we did a lot of that when we were in the camper a lot of just sitting there looking around <laughs> oh yeah man you guys coffee drinkers oh yeah Awesome. What do you guys? What were you guys' method? You French press and you pour over. Uh, we had it, well at home now. I just use drip. Yeah. Just Same. It's easy. It's easy. Yeah. Set up the night before if you want. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I do. And then, uh, but in the camper we had the um, the percolator. Hmm. Percolator is great too because you can get it ready the night before, yeah. and then all you got to do is fire up the stove and just wait. Yeah, man. You get really good with the perk, man. Like my Dude, I like the perk coffee. Yeah, it's great, dude. My my dad, my older bro, and my brother in law are really good at perk coffee. They just They're gotta good. Yeah. They, they get a little groundy though. You get it all in your teeth and stuff. That's yeah, that's kind of price you pay. Yeah, French press gets you too once in a while. Yeah, French press. Yeah. I, you know, I don't even 
controversial opinion. I don't love a French press. It's too strong. It, well, the problem, yeah, I was going to say, like, the first pour for a French press is awesome, but the problem is if you don't get it all out of the French press at first, it just, like, gets stronger it and stronger. Yeah. There, yeah. Well, and I didn't, you know, because I'm not real smart. It took me a little while to figure this out. <laughs> I had, like, a French press mug, you know? So, like, I'd get oh, my coffee yeah. going, I'd press it out, and just be sipping on it. And, like, yeah, by the end of Jesus, this is strong. Yeah, by the end of briefing, I'm, like, chewing on it. I'm just like, oh, my guts are just all wrecked, and I'm just like, ugh. You're all, like, shaky and yeah, weird. Like, yeah. There's something wrong with this coffee. <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out, like, oh, no. You oh, it's too strong. Yeah, you got to pour out a French press. Like, that's why, like, you know, in restaurants, they bring it to your table. You press it through. You pour you and right. your, your, you know, whoever's with you a cup, and then it's usually empty. Right. Because you you want to make sure you get it out of there. That's a good tip. Maybe I'll like it more if I just have it right away. Yeah, it took me. Well, like I said, it took me a long time to figure that out. So hopefully, I'm saving some people some pain, some gut pain. Pour over's good too, though. Pour over's definitely. Yeah. That's pour my backpacking go to. I was gonna I'll say bring one of those little. Yeah, foldy ones. Plastic foldy guys. That thing makes better coffee than I make at home. Yeah, pour was so good, man. I think it's just the way like it funnels everything into the little crack of the, you know, it's so good. little thing. Funnel, I guess, you know, that's the right <laughs> word. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't get much sleep last night. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, and the cleanup. What I noticed when we took this sucker to Glacier this summer, we were, like, I was, like, stoked. We got this giant French press and uh, insulated, like, thermal, like, big carafe thing, and um, I was like, such a pain. He has to clean it out. Yeah, that's so annoying. Yeah, so like, you know, we get as much out as we could, and then you know, you don't want to pour grounds into like uh, the fresh drinking water area or down the sink, and you know, in the, in the uh, campground. So, you know, pour out as much as we could, you know, in into the sink or wherever, you know, without getting grounds out or wherever we're disposing of it, and then just like fighting to get it out. Um, you know, the, the rest of the way, like, it'd be stuck in the screen and. Yeah, it's so just, annoying. Yeah, yeah I know better, it. but I, I did it. it. No, and the nice thing is, if you get the big like, glass pour over too, man, like it's pretty nice. Oh yeah, those like Chemex. fancy ones with yeah. like the little like leather strap on them. Yeah, or sometimes wood. Wood. Yeah. Yeah, I need one of those. Yeah, they look great too. They look really cool. But yeah, I, I heard that's <laughs> like one of the best coffee. Very, very hip. hip. Yeah, very especially hip. if you get a little wood handle on it. Oh mm, man, yeah. that's you are straight to Portland. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, man. You can, I'm surprised I didn't give you one when you left California. Look here. <laughs> Here's your complimentary carafe. <laughs> yeah, it's a Chemex. Here's your Chemex. Have you heard that before? No. I think it's a brand, maybe, but I, that's the first time I heard it. It's like, it's a Chemex. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, oh, am I supposed to recognize it? <laughs> well, yeah, and I was like, that, it was like more like fancy. Like, I was like, my, is there something like just like a different hybrid of coffee? Is there something well, else I'm adding to this like chemistry thing, you know? Yeah, it makes it sound scientific that's what i thought yeah yeah definitely wasn't yeah <laughs> so keep cutting you off before you get to your story <laughs> you keep getting derailed so i guys, like it i like it yeah so you guys that's are out point. For, yeah it's true that is what these are for <laughs> just like going down different rabbit holes yeah because yeah. I, I definitely want to talk about this like how nomadic life you guys were living because yeah. your folks were kind of doing the same thing too right um not really they they ended up um it was coincidental that at around the same time we got our truck and camper they bought a van and my dad, who's like a carpenter, started building it out. But they, they're never trying to like live in it. They they just wanted a vehicle for easy camping. Yeah, they're man. getting old. They don't like setting up tents and all that crap and sleeping in the tent. And they're just they're old. I'm right there with them. I'm getting that age. <laughs> <laughs> like it, well, I'm, they're in their sixties. So. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm right there with them. <laughs> yeah. On the outside, I'm 37. The inside, I'm 107. Right, old soul. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they they got. Yeah, they got the van, but um, 
Yeah, we cru we cruised around for a while. The first thing we did was we went all the way to Arkansas and visited uh, my now wife's family. Oh, I was like, man, why would you go to Arkansas? Yeah, that's <laughs> where her family's at. Oh. So we we cruised out there for the for the holidays. That's what it was. So oh. we like whereabouts in Arkansas? Fayetteville, up in northwest Arkansas. I yeah, no, I know I've been through the, there. It's the best part of Arkansas, in my opinion. Yeah, because it's right outside the Ozarks or in the Ozarks. Yeah, it's yeah, the Ozarks are just like an hour away, and I mean it's a fairly large range. So there's there's a lot to do in the Ozarks. Uh, Arkansas is underrated, man. There's there's a lot to do there. Oh uh, yeah, it really is, man. I just realized my headphones were cranked. I was like, man, <laughs> you're, you're not relying on the system, but like, man. But yeah, yeah, the waterfalls and oh, caves the color and, and some of the color of the water. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, the color. Yeah, yeah. like the blue turquoise because there's so many minerals around there. I guess. Yeah. Oh, it was, yeah. It was amazing. It was like fake. Like I remember because I, I was down there in region, region region eight assignment in Clarksville, which is not. It's like Russellville's kind of closer. Clarksville's like really Russellville, tiny. Russellville. I think somebody. I think I went to Russellville. Yeah, I, th I don't think it's very far from, you said Fayetteville? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of her family members lives there. It's really cool. It's a little college town. Like, when we were, we had to go there for some, oh, because all the hotels in the area were full, so we had to go all the way to Russellville a few times to hotel up. Yeah, it'll get you. Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> no worries. Um, and, uh, so, like, there was, like, a college, like, softball tournament going on or something, like, outside our hotel, so we just kind of hung out, like, had some food and hung out there for an evening. And But, you know, it's a winter, and I think it was, like, December or January, so really short days. So it was like, yeah, we got there. The train was winding down, so we just kind of like hung out, and then, I mean, not much to do after it gets dark is the problem. No, not it, really. And it gets real dark in Arkansas, so yeah, we go like PT, and I think that's all what it was. I went went for a run, and then on my way back, like went for a big loop, and just you know cruised past the softball game and caught that for a hot second, and then went back to my room and read a book or something. Cause not much to do, but anyways. The cool spot. yeah, cool the spot. really cool spot. Like the Ozarks are amazing, and then uh, we got stuck in hot, uh, hot springs, Arkansas. Cause there's a oh, ice storm. I think we were talking. About yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we talked about the ice storm because yeah, they get Nuts. crazy ice storms there. Yeah, some, like sometimes. inches. Yeah, it was like inches of ice on the road. I was yeah. like, and then you know within like I don't know a couple of days, it was thawed out and gone. You never would have noticed it was even there. Yeah, that happened to us one day. It wasn't quite that bad, but while we were there, there was like some freezing rain. And it was like, oh, my God, this is, like, I grew up in Colorado, and, like, this is worse than anything I've ever seen. It's, yeah. like, just ice. Like, oh, the most dangerous driving you could imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far, dude. Because I was the same way. Like, my mom was in, lived in northern Al uh, Alabama, like, uh, Athens area, I think, just outside of Huntsville. And uh, so it's, like, in that same band of, like, ice stormy stuff. And I remember, like, my stepdad and my mom tell me how bad it is. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I live in the mountains. Like, I'm near the ice storms. It's bad. Yeah, yeah then, it's crazy because we don't get that. No. Here. I mean, rarely. I'm yeah. sure it does happen. But. We'll get a little bit of, like, where it, like, rains and, like, you know, those shoulder seasons where it's, like. Or it rains and then it gets cold at night. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And then you get, but it's still, like, just more of a thinner film. Like, but it's not, like, that thick. Because yeah. there, I think it's, like, the rain is, like, below freezing, but it's still water. Yeah. And then the second it touches something, it freezes. Yeah, it must be like the something. moment it happens. Yeah. So then it just like collects and collects, and it's just like you can get yeah. Just stacks up of, like clear ice. Yeah, and it's scary stuff. Yeah, and the only way we get ice like that is like in the back roads around here. If someone's not plowing it, so it's just like yeah. compacted snow that eventually freezes, you know, and just like glacier ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, a little mini, little mini version mini of that. Glaciers. Yeah. Oh man. So, you're, oh, so I always thought your folks were traveling around with you. Did you guys link up into the travels at all, or was it just like they had Did a mobile we? rig? 
thinking. No, I don't think they were ready because they bought the thing and it was completely like gutted. Like there was nothing in it. Oh, so wow. it wasn't really ready to be camped in for like, took them like a year to get stuff in it. Yeah. So no, we didn't really camp. We didn't really get mobile together until we all kind of congregated up in Montana. But oh, cool. we have gone out and camped with my folks. They got their rig. We got our rig. That's so cool, dude. Around, having a fire. Man, it's like paradise. That like is what I dream. used to dream about back in the day. I bet, dude. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm already like, yeah. dreaming about. Like, I'm trying to get my, my dad out more to hang out. But that's like what I want to do as, a, as you know, if I'm a grandparent someday or just, just as a parent, I guess, you know, someday be able to just like. I kind of want to go somewhere and just drop cords for my kids. Like, <laughs> you know, like here's yeah. some coordinates, you know, if you feel like coming to join us, do it, you know, see if you can find us. That's what, yeah. I, I, my parents are just great. They're just like such homies and like to do pretty much exactly what I like to do. And yeah. it's so great to have, uh, have them be out in the woods with me and yeah, it's just wonderful. Well, then you're not losing that like love for life and the, uh, excitement for the outdoors, you know, if you're right. still out there pursuing it. Yeah, you know? And the van makes it more accessible for them. hundred so percent, man. Just still get out pretty frequently. And yeah. It's not like too big an effort for them. No. Cause like even a trailer, like everything's built in, but you still like you get to a spot. Tow it, and then there's like, Back and you gotta have like a spot, mm-hmm. you know, where yeah. the van or my rig, you can just go on any dispersed spot we can go on tiny little roads yeah just find a little pull off and yeah Yeah. do you guys what do you guys do to level it do you guys just like oh there's uh well we don't do anything actively but i i try my i've realized how important after living in it oh my god having a level campsite is so important (sighs) crucial (laughs) critical when you're cooking and the oil just goes to one side of the pan oh Oh dude i want to blow my brains out i know i just keep like (laughs) splashing it back in the center to kind of keep it there come on pick it up the pan and moving it (laughs) yeah yeah uh we have uh there's like on one of the corners of the camper there's bubbles so bubbles on the front and then bubbles on the side oh yeah so you have all the dimensions oh so when i pull up to a spot i can look at it in my rear view mirror and i can tell if i'm actually flat or not because sometimes it'll feel flat yeah it doesn't matter because that oil in the pan or like you sleeping or something you notice it, dude as soon as you lay down like you'd be walking around because i we had the same experience it makes you feel like drunk if you lay down and it's all tilted and then like yeah you wake up almost like hung over yeah it's weird I know, but the weird thing is, is like I've slept on the ground. And maybe it's because I was younger I know, than fire, yeah, but like too. an uneven, fine. But like uneven camper, like you said, it's a different. It's annoying. Yeah. Well, if you got the time to, then you might as well. But yeah, yeah I've definitely camped in, yeah, backpacked in the weirdest spots ever. And yeah. Sleep great. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're so freaking tired. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so what do you have any like? Do you have those like little step things that you can like little legs that go out to level it, or how do you do? You roll on a rock. What do you do? Uh, yeah, we'll sometimes roll on a rock or a plank of wood or something, but yeah. no, we don't really do anything. We just pick good spots. Oh, smart. So your bubble, your little level bubble, you can see it out of your window, you said? Or your mirror, I mean? Yeah, I can, like, look in my left rear view mirror, driver's side. Oh, and sweet. And just, like, see right back and see how how level I am. Oh, that's And then all. just, like, adjust from there. And it's Dude. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's super easy, and sometimes I make Jess get out, and I'm like... Am I good? Where should I go? Yeah, <laughs> should I do, do this? Do what if better? I did that? <laughs> Dude, extra set of eyes makes all the difference for <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, sometimes it will take us like 15 minutes trying to get it flat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Cause I, you know, I'm pretty good. I, like, I've been driving this trailer for a long time. I grew up driving trailers too, but like, 
Even if we're pulling a spot, like you, you want it to be perfect. Does this thing have like the jacks on the corners? N- well, they're not built in. This is really old school, so it's got yeah. these little individual jacks, and they're uh, kind of tiny, but um, they're, they're pretty easy to work with. Um, and like I've been kind of camper camping for a while, you know, like with the Jayco and stuff, and um, so uh, it doesn't take much, and it's light, so it's not too hard to do. But yeah. like the first night in Glacier, it, you know, the pads are pre. There is an Apcar campground in the West Glacier side, like around Lake McDonald. And um, the so the pads are already pretty flat, but not quite. So we're a little low in the in the pasture corner here, you know where the tub is. And um, so I kind of jacked it up the night before, but we were running out of time, and like it was getting late. So we were like, oh whatever, we'll do it in the morning. So we're just like sitting with our heads uphill, but like kind of that weird feeling when you wake up. You're like, Ugh. you don't notice when you're standing so much, but so that next day, first thing, man, I got that that corner up <laughs> and. <Yeah. laughs> It makes a huge difference. It does, and especially with the camper, like, because otherwise you're just on the tires, so the tires got a little bit of squish and then the shock. So oh. as soon as you get the the um, jacks underneath, then that really... Oh, it's, sh- like, solid. Solid, yeah. yeah. So it's, like, you but know... I do notice right now. Yeah, right, like, right now we're rocking. It's a little shaky. Yeah, yeah, like, you move it all, like, it, it moves. I mean, that's how our truck is, because, yeah, we don't have the jacks on it yeah. all the time. Do you guys have, like, the big long ones that you can, like, We have them. God, we're so stupid. We actually left them in Arkansas during that holiday trip because we were like, oh, we'll be cruising around for a long time. We're not going to need those. Hmm. And then then we got here, and we were like, dang, really wish we had those. And they're really big and heavy and really expensive to ship. Oh, yeah, I bet. So we're, we're... figuring that out <laughs> yeah no but yeah we got the jacks that go on like the four corners and yeah because you could you could leave it jacked up and pull off from under it right yeah, if you want absolutely. yeah that's, that's what's so cool about the sliding camper i think is that like if the truck ever dies which it will it's a 99 <laughs> yeah but uh yeah Getting up there in age just get a new truck and yeah slide it in same and old go. camper yeah yeah those those in the back of the bed camper is pretty tough too they seem to last you know a while depending on the on the brand and who the owner was true <laughs> and what they're made of and stuff ours is a re- really reputable brand it's a, yeah. it's a four-wheel camper oh and they're super sturdy aluminum framed like it's big it's not fiberglass or anything so it, it they hold up real good over the years people still use their their camp th- this brand of camper from like the 90s oh wow they still work great so we're super stoked on it we yeah. love it yeah because then you got like a really good like that aluminum siding and frame you, then you know you got a, a good uh like base to to build off of like totally. like this you know like yeah this. you could add stuff on super easily like you don't have to deal with the fiberglass and crap like that because the fiberglass is great it makes it light but the sun and cheap yeah the sun just beats the crap out of it though so yeah like you get, that's why it, it's cheap yep ex- yeah, yeah exactly and i guess you know oh man i mean you have to like refiberglass a whole, you know, if your whole shell is fiberglass, be brutal. Yeah. Be my nightmare. Same, man. Oh, so Arkansas, you came here and then yeah, this so we put your roots down? Pretty much. Well, yeah, we were in Arkansas and then, yeah, we messed around for, uh, yeah, like I said, like seven months. So we actually spent a lot of time in Utah, too. Oh, really? In the oh, desert. Man. Beautiful. Oh, man. We just, we covered pretty much the whole state of Utah. We stayed there for like, really? Seven weeks or something, just like cruising around, looking it's at, like, it was the middle of winter, so. I don't know. It was still kind of chilly, but it was the warmest place around. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. But like we, man, we were always talking about that too. Like we were me, like finding the warm places. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me and my wife had talked about that too. Like especially, we're both like looking into maybe finding something that's a little more remote positions, you know, and uh, using our Starlink and just 
cruising out in the middle of nowhere by Moab and hanging Dude, out for a week. And so nice. That's what I was thinking, man. Like it's great for, for like camping and campers and stuff. The desert's so nice on the camper. It's so dry. True. And like, I guess the sun's pretty harsh, but it's really dry, yeah. which is nice on campers. Yeah, and then the sun probably helps heat everything up in the morning, too, when yeah. it pops out. Yeah, yeah, when it's cold out. It, yeah, it's middle of winter. It'll be a 40-degree day, but... When the sun's out, it's like good to go. Yeah. It's so dry and hot, or so dry and the sun's so powerful. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Totally, man. It's and great. So did you, did you guys go like around like Arches and Moab and stuff? We didn't even go to any national park. No, we went to a portion of Canyons. We kind of oh. did like a, um, uh, like an archaeological tour. Kinda. Oh, really? We saw tons of uh, rock art sites and ruins oh. and. We kind of just made it our mission to, like, see as many of those kinds of sites as possible. Oh, really? And we saw so many. That's so cool. When you're looking for them, man, the density out there of, like, ancient Pueblo sites are, oh, my God, they're everywhere. It's like every side canyon has a petroglyph or a ruin or, like, something. Man, I had no idea. Every single canyon, pretty much. Man, it was I, amazing. We went down this one road called um, Butler Wash Road. Hmm. It's like a 50-mile dirt road down this. Uh, it's kind of like a teeny tiny version of the Bitters. It's like north-south running, and then there's like this rock, rocky kind of side yeah. with parallel drainages. And every single one of the drainages had amazing ruins and rock art and just the most incredible ancient stuff i'd ever seen before. really it was, it was amazing oh it's cool man i think it's so important so you kind of get like some kind of connection with a you know our past human ancestors you're like oh, totally man. you're like it's really special when you're there you like feel connected yeah you feel like, like an energy human. or something it's uh it's hard to explain but it's also uh yeah it's just cool to 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 like it's really frustrating being there because you're like why did they do this? Like, uh, why? What does that mean? Oh, that's gonna see the meaning, right? Yeah. yeah, and you could sit there all day, and that's what we do. We'd like sit there and just like look at these rock art panels and just be like, and just like come up with theories. Yeah. Like, well, maybe it was like this. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, maybe this guy started it and then this guy finished it, or I don't know. We would just come up with the stupidest theories. Yeah, just, like that was fun that way, fun, though, man. Yeah. yeah, like, cause, and that's you know, it's just like spitballing any ideas, right? Like, you just like get them out there and voice them and then you, you kick them around because sometimes like you're like i don't know that sounds kind of dumb you throw it out there like no that's not dumb and then sometimes they're like that's really dumb actually you know like because <laughs> it, it can go either way man so you kick it out there and then that can spur another idea you know like even if it's like not the best idea like oh well you know i mean i don't know about what you said but maybe this and you're like yeah, oh, yeah it could be too it's frustrating though because you could never know the answer never yeah like ever nobody on earth knows the answer and yeah. it's like dang I wish, wish I could talk to somebody back in the day. Oh, I know. There's this archaeologist, and I want to see like Hopi and um, try like another tribe that was around that area. I want, Apaches hit my head, but I don't. It was over by Sedona area. I want to see if he's like that's Hopi. Yeah, I think. And he's Hopi and something else. His, his, his name is like Jason Nez. He's an archaeologist out of the Grand Canyon. Awesome, awesome guy. And he showed us some of these uh, pictographs. Hold on a second. Yeah, pictograph. Um, it was colored. It yeah, was it was colored, right? Yeah, and uh, hammered is a uh, petroglyph, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's one explained to me, and it you know it stuck the way he taught taught to me. But he uh, had this whole scene, right? And like you could see like some kind of like primitive or primitive 
picture of a human being, you know, like, um, and then like some kind of animal and then all the humans had like matching <laughs> things in their heads. And then it sh- you could see clearly that there was someone that looked at like a bow in their hands. And what he figured it was is like they were the canyon we were in was like one of their harvesting grounds where like they would go out there and have like these feathers on their heads, you know, a good portion of the tribe kind of corral the animal and like kind of mm. get them like kind of pushed into that canyon. And then that's where the other uh, the hunters would be waiting with the bows, you know, like probably the best archers they had and, and, you know, like kill whatever animal they were trying to get and then harvest the meat that way. And That's it's the whole so storylines cool. on this wall. Yeah. It's like, man. And then like that area all up in Utah, I think like, he was the one telling me there was just like this massive trade. It area. was massive. It was like, it was like a big metropolitan area. Yeah. There was thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And, they, and most of them disappeared and nobody knows like, why they left and yeah. it looks like they left in a hurry because they left a lot of like pottery and weird stuff yeah it's and really strange that's just so cool yeah that's th- this is exactly why we went there and went on this tour just because it's so interesting and mysterious and i don't yeah. know i love that kind of stuff me too and like you said no one will ever know unless somehow there's like a time machine you see yeah that's like the only view. way yeah the mystery is what makes you kind of fun yeah yeah yeah, because there's um in Col- southern Colorado. Do you know the spot? It's like a Mesa Verde. Yeah, like uh, all those cliff dwellings and stuff. Yeah, so that's kind of the same deal. I haven't right? actually been there, but yeah, it's the same, similar uh, civilization around the same time, at least. Yeah, and they they can trace it back to like their more primitive housing. At least in the the tour we got when we were reading all the little signs, is like there was like these more primitive housing. Then they moved into the cliffs, and they got these better dwellings and you know more protected upgraded yeah upgraded yeah (laughs) they can kind of figure out because of what they found like there's this one with the big old like chimney shoot on it and like they're you know that area was for something and Mm. they kind of figure this out but like there's really but there was nothing left when they when someone discovered like some i heard like some old cowboy kind of just like happened to stumble upon it god can you imagine being that guy yeah but what in the world insane yeah because like it sounds <laughs> what like what is going on here yeah because if, if you didn't know i mean it's tucked back in the canyon you know unless you like were in the canyon or like peering in you, you wouldn't even really notice it you know and that was the whole point right yeah the totally defensive strategies they were like yeah they'd set up in these super hard to get to spots just so they could see people coming and prepare kill them yeah <laughs> exactly yeah because usually they're i mean they were all right? at war with each other pretty mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there was some friendly ones, but... But for the most part, yeah. 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 The little colonies had to stick together and fend for themselves. Yeah. What and a time to be alive. Ooh, I'm glad man. we don't live then. Yeah, I'm really fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling really fortunate that we live now because, yeah, yeah, way more pretty, relaxed. Pretty stoked. Yeah. Comfy camper. Yeah. Lights. Yeah, lights. Yeah, I don't have to worry about someone trying to, like, murder us on the way out of here tonight. Just go get food at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty nice. We got a pretty cush. Oh, we do, man. And... Now with the with those cave dwellings, man, the way I don't know, I guess that they probably designed it so that it was harder to get up into, and I guess they probably had trail systems in between all the little probably areas because they're pretty f- spread out. Some of them, especially in that um, Mesa Mesa Verde, yeah, uh, area, and then uh, so I was always wondering, man, was there a little bit of water in there? Were they like boating across a little bit, maybe? Probably uh, they would set up oftentimes around like a spring or something. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of thinking too. And I, you know, remember well, those—that's another thing about the the Utah in general. It's like it seems like such a harsh, just horrible, hellish landscape. Yeah. And then you go down into some of these canyons, especially a lot of the ones where you see ruins, and they're like beautiful cottonwoods and grasses, and 
maybe not like a flowing creek or something, but you know the water's like right under your feet. Yeah. So like there's always these little oases out in the desert. And that's what's so so cool about oh, that area. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, the same experience like just south of Sedona and in uh Camp Verde there and yeah, kinda same deal. Like we're in the middle of the desert and they gave us directions to this spot. It's like a park, I think, and it was closed down because there was fires that were all around but you were able to go in and, and check it out, you know, and uh, it's wild to see, man, this campground. It's like, if you, like, were just, like, in Sedona and someone, like, blindfolded you and somehow got you and stuck you in this little oasis, you wouldn't really know where you were. You'd be like, am I still in Arizona? You know? Yeah. It, like, I mean, you could probably guess by the rocks around you, but, like, you wouldn't probably think you were in the Sedona area. It is wild, man, because, like I said, the same thing, cottonwoods and, like, cooler temperatures, yeah, you know, and the water's cool. beautiful, yeah, and it's flowing. Uh, river was was right in that area. It, yeah, it's nuts, man. It's pretty great. It is, dude. Pretty great. Yeah, the desert rules. Yeah. So, you w- so I guess uh, I'll let you go before you hear it too late. But uh, you end up in Montana. You Arkansas. Yeah. So then, yeah. Basically, after all that, we were like, "Dang, we need to settle down." Or no, not that we needed to. We just kind of like it. I don't know. It didn't even really. It happened so organically. Like my so. I guess my brother's been in this area for, he's lived in Montana for like five or six years. Oh, yeah. Kind of in and out between Bozeman and here. And uh, so we had visited and we loved it, loved it when we were visiting. And yeah. then my parents were tired of living in Boulder. So they were like, well, we want to move somewhere with mountains that's less crowded. So yeah. they bought a little place here. And then, uh, and then we were like, well, shoot, maybe we'll come visit. And then we came and visited, and we never left. <laughs> oh, cool, man! <laughs> Pretty much, that's how it went. Yeah, you guys. And, uh, did you guys have jobs or anything? No, or? we had no jobs. We were unemployed for a little while. Um, still just <laughs> living our nomad life, which oh. was great. And then, yeah. and then we were like, "Yeah, all right, we should probably get jobs." So, uh, so she got a job with the insurance company, and cool. uh, and I came on with uh, doing seasonal gigs with the Forest Service. Oh man. So. Well, you could tell, like, you're uh, an outdoorsy fella because, you know, I would never notice. You said you were from, you know, like, the Bitterroot or from Missoula or something. Like, oh, yeah, totally. You know, like, because, you, you know, you, like, we were talking earlier about the chemistry of outdoorsy folks who really ought to enjoy it and, and enjoy, like, sharing it, you know? Like, it's, you wouldn't know, you couldn't really tell anybody from, unless an accent, maybe, you know? Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't really be able to tell if someone's from California, Colorado, Montana, Idaho, Absolutely. Wyoming, any of that, you know, like, Washington, Oregon. For sure, everybody, everybody who goes outside, they, we got things in common. Yeah, we like going outside. Yeah, <laughs> so. well, yeah, it's so uh, I don't know, like more grand, you know, like than just being angry in like an apartment or something, and not, you know, not having like a park or something to go and yeah, get your energy out and see like there's more to life than whatever issue might be bugging you and and that you might be stewing on if you're just you know going from A to B like work to home and. Yeah. nature heals man yeah. I, I feel weird if i don't get out enough i know i get cagey get into the woods yeah, yeah totally cagey yeah like, same man like i need it it's, i don't get you know, for my mental health I, that's what i was gonna say like it's not like i i mean maybe i'll get a little grumpy sometimes but I'm like it's more like i i feel like I, I like my brain starts skipping a little bit or something like i'm just like off you know like ah man i don't know like i'm foggy and i just yeah need like i'm missing something you know totally and then i'll go on like one big adventure i'm like ah, i feel satisfied dude like the itch has been scratched yeah <laughs> yeah man for yeah for me it's even like just going to like a pond and skating or you know skiing or something outside 
you know, like even if it's just like a winter market, you know, that's like at, at the fairgrounds in Missoula, it's like, oh man, just get outside, get some smells and enjoy something. And it's good for you. It's science too. It's proven to be good for you. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Like we're not meant to be inside all the time. That's for sure. Yeah. And this area is great for my particular interests because I like fishing and I like the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and man, this place is just chock full of both of those things. Uh, yeah. It's so great. Absolutely, man. It's wild how you end up kind of where you end up. Like, you know, you end up here and me too. And I didn't really know. I didn't really have much plans. I guess um, if I was going to pick it when I was in high school, it would have been like Pony, Montana, which is just on oh. the other. Yeah. It's Where's a that? tiny little community just on the other side of uh, the tobacco roots from Whitehall. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, Bozeman folks are kind of moving into it a little bit, so. I still got a lot of exploring to do in Montana. That's what's so great Dude, about it. There's so it's much. gigantic and yeah. there's infinite mountains to explore, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, this summer has been the summer of the Bitterroot for me, working yeah. here and stuff. And I I there's still a hundred things I want to do. Yeah, and, and there's just not enough time in the world. No, I was just gonna say I like, love it. Yeah, me too, <laughs> dude. If I yeah, if I could do it like um it'd be really hard with the family and stuff now, but if I could maybe I don't I don't really want to change anything, but if if I had to change something, maybe I'd be more uh, nomadic as a seasonal, you know, like, cause like when you live somewhere and work somewhere, you're just going to recreate as, you know, around yeah. your little circle. Cause it's just easy. You can on the weekends, you don't have to go very far. Be like, Oh, I've, someone tells you like, Hey, have you been up Blodgett or whatever? You know, you're like, no, I'm go check that out. You know, have you, you've been up Trapper Peak. You're like, no, I'll check that out. You know, like all these spots that are like, not like, as well known nationally maybe but then like all these locals are like hey have you seen you gone this hike yet you you know you fish this area or whatever it might be you know oh it's walking on you and uh so like if i could do that like if i could spend a summer or a couple summers like it probably like because you said like i mean you've been here a while and there's still somewhat even me you know i've been here a while and like i just got out to the magruder massacre site just this summer and out to salmon mountain i didn't make it to the lookout itself but i was like right there you know and like just a lot of places that you know, McCart lookout today, you know, like it hadn't been there yeah, yet. I hadn't even heard of that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so good, man. So much out there to explore. And Love exploring yeah. places I haven't been before. It's, it's, yeah, it's funny because I, I try not to like repeat stuff, but I also feel weird like not repeating stuff. Cause I'm like, oh, that place was so awesome. I should go there again. But then it's like, oh, there's a thousand other places that are maybe better. I don't I know. know. Let's go check it out. <laughs> and that, yeah. And I kind of, I was going to mention that earlier because we were talking about like, uh, just traveling and seeing new things. Cause when, you know, in, in my little world of Whitehall, I had like, there's this campground called Potosi, which is over by Pony. And, and then we go up to like, um, I'm trying to think how to describe it, but somewhere over by Lake, uh, Delmo Lake. And then, um, just anywhere in tobacco roots really. And like, we had our spots, you know, as like younger high school kids, but also like, as far as our gas money could really make it. So, so like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. we couldn't get too far. Anyways, we go up to Whitetail and, like, a, you know, State Creek and a few other places I'm starting to remember now. But, um, but like, at the time, man, I was happy. Like, that was all I needed, you know? And, like, we just had our spots, like you said. And then the job, you know, like, chasing smoke jumping and life, you know, like, it brought me to other places. And I think it really opened up my world to be, like, more like you, where it's like, I've already been there. I'm going to go somewhere new. So, I don't know. I, I, there's too much to see. I don't think I'll ever have like repeat places like as much. I'll still have them like, uh, you know, we can get away just like 
cruise over to wherever, you know, up the West Fork or something. I just want to be that seven-year-old guy who's just been everywhere and just has a spot for every occasion, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, every time of year, too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. every time. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean by every occasion. Every yeah. time of year, every, like, weather, like, every fishing, what, like, what's yeah. going on with the fishing. And yeah. Just wanna ha- I just want to have all my spots on lockdown. Yeah, and just, <laughs> like, know and have enough experience to know, like, this is where I want to be in the spring, you know, because I've yeah. been everywhere else. And this is my favorite place to be in the spring and still love it, you know? Yeah. Because I think that's a part of the problem. If you're not getting up and moving around enough, you're in the same corner of the world. And, and this isn't 100% because I know people who have lived, like, say, like, Whitehall, my small town. And I think I could be like this, too, where it's like you still appreciate it. You still love everything about it. You yeah, love totally. The, the changes, you know, like the weather changes. Like, and that's the cool thing about Montana, too. And, you know, like. People probably get mad because we keep bragging about Montana on this yeah. podcast. But sorry, sorry, listeners. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. It's just the best. It is. Yeah, it's so awesome, man. Like, uh, yeah, you go spring, especially in spring. Well, fall too, but like spring. Spring is, I think, objectively the best. Yeah, it's just full of life. Yeah, you're getting out of your little winter coma. And <laughs> it, yeah, and all the vegetation is so different around the Northwest in general, right? Like, yeah, I go to Whitehall, and spring smells different. And I love the smell of spring. Cause it reminds me of like my childhood and high school and grade school and like football or not football spring i guess spring would be more like track you know like i started skipping because i was thinking about fall then because we're coming up in fall but you know like just the great smells there you know especially at my parents place and then you know here in the bitter it has its own smells and then like going through the big hole because like usually you know cruising back that way if i'm going to see my folks i'm gonna have to focus more on how spring smells in different places yeah like once you come totally right though like each vegetation kind of group has yeah. a different yeah. vibe, smell, sight. Totally, man. And especially really, Montana. Really neat. Yeah, because you got like the, well, in a lot of places that are just like have the continental divide like running through the middle. So like you have like the drier side of Montana with different mm-hmm. vegetation and smells. And even it's different from like Whitehall to like, you know, Livingston or Billings or Yellowstone. Is Whitehall's on the east side of the divide? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just over, yeah. Because like you, you cross the divide as you go into Butte. Right. Yeah, right. so just just barely. Like I'm saying, I got a lot to explore. I don't know. I don't know my Montana super well yet. But. Yeah, well, there's always more, man. Like I'll run to somebody in, in, like you know, man, Montana through and through. Been here, like I said, most of my life. And then someone be like, I'm from. I mean, this is a bad example, like two dot, like, and because I, I don't know that. Oh yeah, see, like yeah, like like a small town like that, where like you know, I have some friends from there. I but just I went to Shoto like a month ago. Oh, I was like, this beautiful. is a small town. I like yeah. this. Oh, I love Shoto. <laughs> But yeah, like I, and like I didn't know about Two Dot and a few other small towns out east, uh, more like central east, I guess, um, until uh, you know went to school. With, you know, one of my friends from Two Dot, and I was like, I have never even heard of like it's just Two Dot. How do you spell that? I think it's just like T W O D O T D O T. I think yeah, Two, two dot. dot. Yeah, Two Dot Montana. And Listeners, then, comment if uh, we're doing that wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> messed. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. I'm pretty sure that is TWO. Cause like, I was trying to picture. I don't. I don't remember picturing like the number two. So I think it is like TWO DOT two dot. I have no idea. I don't either. Yeah, and then, well, there's like a ton of small little towns that I w- that I went through on fire. You know, like what's like. Oh yeah, I'm yeah, sure you get LZ to some really backwards. Backwood yeah. spots in fire. Yeah, totally, man. And trying to remember them all and sort them all out, you know. And and the problem is too, like um, a season, you could go a bunch of different places in a season, and then all of a sudden, like these towns that are not near each other will start to group up in your memory because it's like yeah, 2015, and you know, it's like I was in Ecolac, I was in Alzada, I was in wherever, you know, like. And then there's like California places like Wairika, you know, like that. Yeah. All, like 
not even in Montana, but like it's still like you just group it in. Yeah, group it in my brain. Yeah. So it's like, is that in eastern Montana? It's like, no, Wairika's in you know Cali, and that's by Weaverville. You know, like I totally know what so you mean. Kind of messes up my my you know my geographical memory. Geographical memory, right? No. Well, shoot, man. I'm gonna keep you all night, but I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. We'll have to we'll have to revisit some of the fish, man. Yeah. And and uh, and the Merlin app next time because I was gonna the plan was to quiz How you. How long have we been doing this? Uh, that worked just about an hour and a half in. Oh, an hour and a half? Yeah. Uh, time really flies in here. It, I, it really I, does. I, I've listened to a few of these, and I was like, geez, like two hours. Like, I don't know if I can talk for that long. <laughs> no, well, I think. But once you start going. Yeah, once, yeah you start sharing stories. No, it's not, not bad at all, dude. Who knows? Maybe I'll even come on again, Luke. Well, I, yeah, I thought we kind of made the agreement already. <laughs> we, got, we got stuff to follow up on. Because that's a good thing, right? You're too. right. We do have to follow up. We got to talk about birds. Yeah, well, yeah. We got to do the bird quiz. That's that, that's a great thing too. Is like usually like this will spur more things. Like, oh, that's cool, man. We got to figure out, you know, talk more about that. You know, like like the fishes. You know, fishes. I have fishies. I have no idea how we killed an hour and a half. Yeah, like I said, it just cruises, <laughs> man. And with you, because we've been talking a bunch and getting to know each other a lot in the last. How long have you been here now? A couple months. Two two months. Two months. Yeah. Almost like, three months. Oh man, my gosh, man! I know it, dude. Even that's just been flying, dude. The summer flew so fast, so fast. Like, I can't even believe it's September almost. Yeah, we're hiking up to McCart Lookout, and um, you know, my kid was not old enough for school yet, but like a lot of people's are, and you know, a few folks that were hiking, like kids are starting today, you know. Yeah. Or Jess just went to Target the other day in Missoula, and she was, she, I was on the phone with her, and she's like. Oh my God! I'm turning around. It's dorm move-in day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Target was just packed with oh, the dorm kids. <laughs> so weird to think about, dude. Because I know, like, like summer what? just started. Yeah, in the middle of summer. Oh, it's August. Right, yeah. it's late, late August. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. The rain kind of helps me like adjust. Like it's like that time of year. But man, I'm not like I wasn't ready, man. I feel like it snuck up on me this year, and and this is the first summer I ever had not in fire, like no fire at all this summer, which is wow crazy. Because I've yeah. Seventeen years or something like that. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, so it's it's been weird, but like kind of when we were talking in the beginning about planning and and like, because talking about your adventures are good, but like if you don't actually make a plan or like have a rough idea of like when you want to do something, like and, yeah. and put it maybe down on the calendar, I would just suggest putting it on the calendar because otherwise you won't do it. That's totally the most important thing. And then if you put it on the calendar too, and somebody else is like, "Hey, you want to do this that weekend?" You're like, "I'm already booked." Yeah, I'm doing it, and then you're committed. Exactly, totally committed, man. Yeah, unless that other things like super cool. Yeah, then unless the other things cool. Yeah, yeah like, of course you can. I'm gonna bump this to yeah. you know <laughs> next month. But it's so important though, man. Because if you don't make a plan, like you, you just don't do things, you know. And that's what I kind of noticed. Um, getting older and and having more of the free time, like I I can always find stuff to do around my house. Like there's oh like you know like um, or in the valley or something, you know. And that's gonna say like when you get a house or. Just, I mean, just even just being local here, like it's like Missoula, you can go pedicating, rail snake. Yeah. Um, I mean, cruise up to Sealy, and you t- out to Nine Mile. Like, there's a lot of stuff right there, so you can stay busy all the time. But then, like, you might be missing some of your bigger bucket list things because exactly that's what's yeah. I feel like you're you're nailing you're hitting the nail on the head with how my summer's gone. Yeah. Of, like doing so much local stuff, and then being like, oh, I forgot to go to Glacier. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, exactly. Yeah. Because I, well, I cause didn't put it on the calendar, man, and now I'm screwed. Yeah. Well, yeah <laughs> no, exa- I'll still try to squeeze it in. Yeah, but. you got time. I think it, uh, <laughs> September 20th, I think, is one of the lodges closed. But you know, the park's open for a while. Yeah. Like I'm not sure because going to Sun Road is like what kind of s- ends up kind of splitting the park, but you still get around. Right. You know, like on the you know the other highway that goes past. Like it'd be Isaac cool to Portland. go there in the winter too, when it's like 
dead. Yeah, I heard it's awesome, man. Especially like. But the then you just Los don't Angeles. get like the high alpine unless you guys do some insane skiing mission or something. True. But yeah, because like, like there's those chalets and stuff that you can hike into. Yeah, you know? no, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that's definitely on my list. Yeah. And um, gotta wait until the kid is a little older, but you know, like that kind of stuff, you yeah. know, and then. Um, like w- yeah, like Yellowstone. You know, like I'm still gonna try to get that in before the end of the year. I do need to do that. I told my friend who works there I'd go visit her. So yeah, I have to do that. And that one, you know, because like, I was working on West Yellowstone for a while, so I got I got to like go in and around the park all summer long. You know, and and uh, you know during the busy season before the busy season, and then after the season like is pretty much over. And man, like later fall before things shut down in Yellowstone is awesome. Like, Oh, that's good to hear. Maybe yeah. I'll make it out there in like, yeah, late September, early October or something. Yeah. I'd like to see when things shut down. Cause like they're even saying like old faithful land is like super hard to get into. But like, if you go in later in the year, um, you can get some rooms and even sometimes a little cheaper too. Cause hmm. they're just like empty. So nice. Yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. And then like the last time I was there, that this is actually the last I think this was the last time, unless I was there on fire. I don't know, it all blends. But <laughs> uh, yeah, me and, my, me and my brother-in-law and wife were sitting on the, there's like this carport thing that's like a deck. But you can drive under it and check in the hotel or whatever, get picked up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and uh, you can see, I think you can see Old Faithful, and but you can see a bunch of other geysers for sure. And it's just like this beautiful fall night, like comfy clothes weather like we were talking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was in like this like thicker sweatshirt, I think, and just like some boots, you know, like kind of like what i'm wearing now and uh just toasty you know like up on watching the sun go down geysers going off all over man it's like that golden hour you know like the golden sunlight hours it's going down yeah man it's so so hard to beat and then you know we're just having like uh i even remember the drink it was called an indian paintbrush that's a great drink name yeah and it was it was (laughs) great man so like I'd never heard of one, and then, like, uh, the bartender recommended this tiny little bar that I didn't even know was a bar because it's kind of tucked in the wall. And <laughs> there's all these little cool things that make it just a beautiful, you know, scene in the evening. And, you know, went and watched the glaciers go off and just hang out and enjoy the scene. And no one really there. We had to preach the whole thing to ourselves, you know. Man, that sounds like heaven. Yeah, it was really cool, man. And, you know, hearing, like, some folks talking about like some spooky ghost story type things that happened in the lodge as yeah, they're shutting her down, you know. Like, There's like all of those stories at all of the national parks. Yeah, all the ghost stories. It's funny. You should have a you should have a Halloween special. I was thinking about and that. Get yeah. some like national park guru to talk about ghost stories. Oh, yeah. There's a lot in Yosemite too. Oh really? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I gotta. That's the only thing. Like I'm pretty well connected with Yellowstone and, and Glacier here. Like I, you know, at least I have a really good friend who works in in Yellowstone. But um, shout out to Amanda. Amanda Let's go Amanda. Yeah, she's awesome. Went to high school with her. Uh, but yeah, she, uh, so I got, you know, know her, and I guess I don't really know anyone directly in Glacier, but like there's people we worked with, so it's like, I know, and I've been there quite a bit. But then Yosemite, it's like just far enough away where I don't know anybody yeah. really anymore, yeah. and that works there. Like, well, I know it's a folks. big park. There's a lot of people that work there. Yeah, like um, I jumped with a guy named Ernie Walker. He, he recently passed away, so. Um, but he would be my connection if he was still around, and he. Uh, he worked at y- Yosemite before he came to jump, and he was saying that, like, Yosemite was by far his favorite park. Yeah. It's, yeah, when I lived in the valley there, that was our playground. Because yeah. instead of having all these local things where I could drive 10 minutes, we would just drive three hours every weekend <laughs> and just go to Yosemite because that was our favorite place. On yeah, Earth. yeah, a little slice of heaven right there. Oh, right? man, it's it's unreal. Yeah, 
it's unreal. Yeah, it's awesome, man. All the big trees and stuff there. Man. Big cliffs. Yeah, big cliffs. Big yeah, rocks. The, yeah, the big way the rocks. yeah the rock uh, formations around there are crazy. Like Half <laughs> Dome, insane. Half Dome itself is like unreal. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the valley's kind of a you know show. It's a little bit like Disneyland, but still amazing it is a little bit yeah but still like you said like there's because it, it's, it's a it's a disneyland for a reason exactly. because it's so crazy yeah, yeah like giant waterfalls insane yeah like the <clears throat> i wish i could remember the name of it because it's probably a really popular yosemite one. falls that's probably it yeah it's like right there right <laughs> yeah, it's it, the big one yeah oh my <laughs> god it's so cool yeah and like the the drop if that's the same one that we're talking about is like just it's like three thousand foot is that what it is or it's like 1500 that main one is like 1500 oh really yeah man i got a lot of yosemite stories too we might have to do a uh a sequel yeah see i know you knew man i got a lot of yosemite stories yeah i worked i worked there for two seasons i didn't work for the park service oh i like i spent a lot of time there (laughs) that's cool man wait we're still doing that like fire falls festival thing or whatever yeah every november can't remember what month but yeah. yeah then there's that lighting thing with the waterfall honestly it's cool especially if you're a photographer oh yeah but i don't know i know i've seen the waterfall from so many angles i didn't really need to see it red yeah no <laughs> so i get it man i was like oh okay it's orange nice yeah <laughs> i get that yeah like okay you can change the color yeah, oh cool totally all right that. yeah because yeah, yeah i mean just by itself it's like you know, yeah amazing, it's cool so. in the middle of the day it's all good yeah but if you're yeah it seems like a pretty cool phenomenon yeah totally and wasn't the uh the original fire falls festival thing was like where they'd light leaves right and like they would roll burning logs off of glacier point oh for fun every yeah. night or something i don't know Jeez. something weird like that yeah yeah <laughs> it's like and then somebody was like all right we should probably shut this down yeah <laughs> like, yeah, yeah it's probably a good idea yeah probably not good uh, yeah. <laughs> i think that was pretty recent too which is amazing yeah it wasn't that long ago yeah it's like because part of me is like yeah it seems like a bad idea but also part of me is like i missed that like dang it you I know wanna, i want to do that yeah he's like let's I'll, go do that i don't miss that you know <laughs> like, like, throw some clock you know what we where we can do that Blodgett. Yeah, true. We, gotta, we just got to find the time <laughs> when they're doing... basically a mini Yosemite. Yeah. Well, that's what, incredible. Yeah, because uh, that's what's weird about some of the... Uh, well, not really some, but like a little of the similarities because of the rock uh, formations. Same, basically the same rock. Granite. Yeah, that makes sense. Pretty much. And the same formation, glaciers. Yeah, true. Yeah, so so that's that why they look fairly sort of kind of similar. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Cause that, you know, you Yosemite get, was just it on a much larger scale. Yeah, and I'll, I've only been to Yosemite once. It was like a real quick day trip, so I didn't really see as much. But like I, you know, I, I was like, man, that's something familiar about Blodgett. And then we have El Cap not too far away. Isn't there like an El Capitan? Yeah, in, El Capitan, but in, it's a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One that, day I'll climb that. Yeah, I especially after seeing it the other day. Epic. Oh, my God, oh. that view of it. Like, you see the prominence compared to any other peak yeah you see why they called it el capitan because from some you get looks at it from the valley sometimes when you're driving and you're like oh that's like a big mountain yeah up there was insane yeah that was like proud it was <laughs> dude yeah, mountain. really yeah because nothing's really like obscuring it from no yeah the valley bottom like where you're up there you can see past everything that would be you know kind of dwarfing it a little bit stands out above everything yeah yeah. yeah totally man yeah it's beautiful and then el cap in uh yosemite is it's that it's not a mountain it's just a rock just a rock yeah the, big rock. the biggest rock yeah because that's like the famous <laughs> rock climbing i one, think right? it's the i don't know there's a lot of weird definitions of it but it's like the largest granite monolith 
in the world. Oh, whoa. It's like the the base of it is 3,000 feet. Holy cow. Yeah, so it's like triple. Those those big phases you see in Blodgett are like 800 to 1,000 feet, which, I mean, massive. Yeah. Huge. But imagine three of those stacked on top of each other. That is insane. Cause especially, yeah. yeah, if you're on the east side of Howie, you know, like going past the airport, and you can see right down at Blodgett and see like those cliff faces. Like, yeah, so they, look, they look massive. Yeah. Imagine it, that triple stack. Whew. Yeah, I, I need to go to Yosemite more. Like, I need to spend some time just stare at some things, you know? Yeah, one day, bring this Airstream out there yeah. and spend, spend a little while. That'd be cool, yeah, once it's, like, kind of back to its glory, you know? Like, right now, it's kind of hard to travel with it. It's not hard. It's just not as uh, comfortable as it could be, you know? like once I it, see that, but, yeah. I mean, it's got, it's got lots of potential. It does, yeah. It just needs a little TLC. It's fun there. having a little project to work on. It really is, yeah, and especially, like, the polishing part, like I was showing you. Like, I haven't had a chance to really get after it in a while, just busy with all kinds of life things, but... I mean, as you're polishing it, it's, you know, before your eyes, literally, it's shining oh, up like a mirror. Yeah, yeah it's so fun. nice. I just got to do it in a better order this time and not try to strip the paint first. <laughs> you know, like, strip the paint first, then polish, because, you know, I polished and then stripped and took a little of the old luster off. Yeah, you, you live and learn. You live and learn, yeah, that's what, that's what it's about. It's kind of what the podcast's about, you know, talking about life lessons. and yeah, Absolutely. You know, if you want to learn. Yeah, I love what you got going on here with the podcast, man. I'm fully supportive of it. I think it's, I think it's really cool that you just invite anybody some average joe like me on here and any more talk that, about man. whatever and it's fun and yeah. i like it yeah it's great i really appreciate you coming on man uh, yeah like uh, you kind of hit before i could you know say it because i was gonna say the same thing about like having you on man like you're interesting as hell dude like thanks man yeah i think anyone who lived because it's not i mean it kind of seems probably especially to outsiders that's just like random people who just like anyone who will talk to me but if you actually listen to the episodes everybody's got pretty cool story yeah and or, or cool opinions or you guys yeah there's, there's everybody's got a story yeah because that's I'm, what's so cool about it, the podcast exactly dude because i'm not you know like it it seems random but it's, it's definitely kind of by design by who i can have on is because like if i think you're interesting and that's like why i was bugging you it's like you know if you got like i know you wouldn't let me say no no <laughs> i mean if you really if i really thought you didn't want to do it i'd be like yeah, yeah i right. didn't put my foot down no <laughs> no you, you left some i'm happy i did it now me this too dude yeah. you definitely left some room the first time we talked I was like oh all, all right, right yeah I, I can't say no man no i appreciate it, dude <laughs> yeah and i yeah i think it's a pretty cool thing too man like having you come on and like otherwise you know these stories and these adventures and stuff like they ins- hopefully inspire because that was like one of the main things you know like even on like the title of this thing is like created to share stories, inspire, you know, get people outside, you know, yeah. and have their own adventure, man. Cause like, God dang, there's so much out there to see, you know, and it doesn't matter where you're at. It's you been know? the theme of this episode. I think is there's, there's too much. Go yeah. explore people. Yeah. Go explore. And we'll enter there. Well, Doug, thanks for being on brother. Thanks dude. And thanks for anyone tuning in and, uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>